Good morning, everyone. You know, often I hear, and I hear it often, um, how uh, some people, they can, they, how they just voice, I hear their voice of concern um, just for the way, uh, the way our nation is going, um, the direction it's going, and perhaps I also hear just anxiety about um, just the future. What, excuse me, just the future, whether it be like the uncertainty of just in their own family life, uh, uncertainty of their vocation of where to go next, perhaps the uncertainty about uh, just the safety of their children and what their children will be learning in schools. Um, and so there could be so many things uh, in this world that could be causing us a lot of anxiety. And I think what's especially important for us today, that all of us, what we just heard in the readings, is that God wishes to equip us in order uh, so that we can face those uncertainties, those uh, difficulties in the world that cause us anxiety. And he wants to equip us so we can navigate through those uncertainties. And very specifically, he provides us and equip us with his word as we hear in the gospel today. That he says, but when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. And you see, it's with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, and the truth that he guides us to. That serves as guideposts for all of us. So that as we face those difficulties, those things that cause us anxiety in the future... We be able to do so with his truth that will provide us both peace and great confidence. And so today I just want to uh, just focus on three truths that the Holy Spirit leads us into. The very first one is that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the truth, uh, gives to us a greater revelation of who God is in his love and mercy. You see, when we look in the gospel, right, it says here that, uh, that Jesus, or we look in the gospel, see the gospel of John. We know that when Jesus refers to the word of truth, when the gospel uh, uses the word truth, it often refers to the truth that Jesus comes from God. That the truth that Jesus comes from the Father, that Jesus is the Son of the Father. And that Jesus continues this revelation um, throughout all of scripture and tradition. He continues this revelation of saying that not only he comes from God, he comes to reveal the Father and the plans that comes from the Father. Ultimately, our eternal salvation. And so for us, that's so important because all of us have received the Holy Spirit at baptism. Which means that the Spirit of truth wants to give us a greater revelation of who God is in his love and mercy. And the thing is, as we experience that love, that as we come to know who God is in his nature, then the more we realize uh, that, the more we experience that love, the more we're able to have greater peace. Knowing that as we face those difficulties, uh, this God, right, who's a God of love and mercy, of great uh, power, of strength, wants to be with us uh, in those difficulties. But it also connects with another important truth, is the very fact that God wants to reveal himself to us shows that God wants to be near us. And that's so important because that means that God, who is all-powerful, God who is sovereign, right, God who in his majesty and his goodness wishes to be near us, that's so good for us because that means that we are not alone then in what we face. But rather, as we know that God is near us and reveals himself to us uh, in his goodness and love, we, cannot, we don't have to be afraid as we face what life uh, brings to us. 
but also leads us to a third truth. And that third truth is that everything that God has belongs to us. To explain, we look back in the gospel. And here Jesus says that the Holy Spirit, he will declare, he will take what is his, Jesus, and declare it unto us. Once more, Jesus says, but everything I have is from the Father. And more so, he says, everything that the Father has is mine. And here's the good news, is that Jesus says, for this reason I told you, that he, the Spirit of truth, will take from what is mine and declare it to you. In other words, everything that belongs to God, now because we've received his spirit of truth, belongs to us. Now what belongs to God? His peace, his security, his wisdom, his strength from on high, his power. All of what belongs to God, we have access to, which means then God has already equipped us and given us what we need to face the trials ahead of us. And that is so good. Now, we have a, a decision to make. We can allow, right, the Holy Spirit to reveal these truths to us and convict us more and more of how God is near to us and how good he is and how powerful he is and how he's equipped us. We can allow the Spirit to further convict us of that, or we cannot. And the important thing is if we choose not to, there will be uh, very dire consequences because we are not living in neutral ground. We are in the midst of a spiritual battle. And if it is not the truth of God that leads and guides our life, then it will be the lies of the evil one and the voice of the world that will try to lead us astray that will be influencing us in our life. In fact, if we choose not to allow the spirit to influence us, we could be susceptible to the great lies of the evil one, especially two chief lies I think that he loves to, excuse me, loves to use. Do you know that Jesus calls Satan the father of lies? And so what are the two chief lies that we could fall prey to and be susceptible to if we choose not to let the spirit of truth guide us in our life? I offer two. The one is that the, the devil wants us to believe the lie that we, that you are alone. The devil wants you to believe, wants to isolate you and believe that decision, the decision you have to make, the situation you have to face, you are helpless and alone in that decision. He wants to isolate you from God, knowing full well the great wisdom and guidance and the love and the truth that God offers to all of us and the way he equips us. But Satan wishing us to be separated from him wants us to believe that God is indifferent that God doesn't care, that he is not near us, near to us, and we are alone. There's also another lie that we could be susceptible to, a lie that the evil one loves to use, a lie as ancient as Adam and Eve themselves. He used this lie right, to uh, lead them to turn away from God. And that lie is this, that God is not good. The devil wants us to believe that God is not good and that he does not, that God does not have our good in mind. And he wants us to believe that because if we don't believe God is good, why will we ever want to entrust our difficulties and struggles with him? 
That if God is not good, why would we ever want him to draw near to us, especially as we're facing uncertainties and anxieties? And see, if God is not good, then we say, like, I want nothing to do with God. And so with that lie, we begin to turn away from the Lord, begin to look into other things uh, for answers and truths. And we're going to fall prey and be overcome by the anxieties and difficulties of the world. And we will, we will be left without peace. And so because of that, right, we have this invitation then to accept the spirit of truth, right, and his influence into our life in greater degree so that I could live by his truth. And if you want to do that, if that's you, I offer two ways in which we can allow the truth to be greater permeate our lives. And those two ways are prayer and scripture in the church's teaching. So the first way is prayer. That it is in prayer, that as we take the time to pray, it is then that we allow ourselves to really be aware of God's presence in our life. To really be aware and acknowledge how this good God, right, is with us. And even more so, in prayer, we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us just what it means for God to be good. To reveal to us who God is to you. How he is a good father. A father that never abandons his children. How in his mercy and love, he knows that you are well taken care of when you entrust yourself to his arms. And so it is in that prayer that we can experience more and more of his goodness. But also the other way in which we can live by the truths of God are in scripture and church's teaching. See, scripture and church's teaching are ways in which the spirit of truth reveals to us all truth knowing that the Holy Spirit guides the church and that the scripture is inspired by God. And so what we can do with scripture and the church's teaching is being to memorize those truths and declare it over our lives. For example, if we are faced with uncertainty of our direction in life, what step to take, perhaps uh, the uncertainty of perhaps we experience some despair about what comes ahead, and in that moment, you remember the word of the Lord in scripture, where he says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your good and not for your woe, and a future full of hope. And if we remember that word in that moment and say, Lord, I believe that you have given me a future full of hope. And you say you believe that in his name, Jesus. Then we are allowing that truth to guide our life and to change our perspective. And we won't be in the lies of the evil one will lose its power and won't have its power to influence us. Or perhaps, for example, if we're wondering, uncertain of even if God's forgiveness for us, we can remember the scripture verse that says that the Lord God, that he is slow to anger, abounding in kindness, rich in kindness and abounding in steadfast love. In that moment, you can declare and say, Lord Jesus, though I am a sinner, I believe, right, that towards me, that you are a good God, that you are slow to anger with me, that you're rich in kindness and you have abundant love, steadfast love for me and I believe it in his name. 
So in those ways, scripture can mean to influence our life. Or even what the church teaches, the last example, that if perhaps we're concerned, we're uncertain about the future of the church, if we remember, understand what the church teaches us, that Jesus is the head of the church, the head of his body, and that we are his members. Then whenever we see or are affronted with the scandals uh, that comes from the failings and sins of the members, right, whether it be from the hierarchy or from the other members of the church, and we remember that Jesus is the head, then we could say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the head of the church and therefore you are in charge and that you, God, are guiding the church and I need not worry and I believe that in your name. So you see, in those ways, those tools, we could begin to have God's perspective and be led by the spirit of truth. And imagine then the great witness we can carry and bear to the world. Imagine then the great peace and confidence and security we can have when we do allow the spirit of truth to influence our life. We'll be able to walk with great power, walk with great truth, knowing that God is near us. He wants to give us his peace and we don't have to succumb to the lies of the evil one and the world.